Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Live Well Bipolar. This is an episode, you guys, that I have been talking with this person for it feels like the longest time. Actually, feels mm-hmm. like we've known each other for years when yeah. it hasn't been, but I wanted to bring on an amazing guest for you guys. Her name is Missy Hayes, and she is the creator and the person who started an amazing brand called Comfortable Silence, which we are going to get into. And just to read you a little bit about her and her story and her brand here, Comfortable Silence, that she's going to talk to us about on this episode. She was 16 years old when she was diagnosed with bipolar one, and she also survived an EF4 tornado that ripped through her high school, taking the lives of eight of her classmates, which was a life-altering experience that really robbed her of her adolescence going through that. And then as a result of this, she's going to get into some of the parts of her story. I don't want to take too much of it away here for you guys. So Missy, I just want to thank you for taking the time to come out here and share not only your story, but the ways in which you used your story to create such an amazing brand to really help others feel less alone. So thank you for being here. And if you can, let's Thanks just for start. Having me. Yay. Yeah. Um, please ignore the back <laughs> and the cats, just, you know, all of that. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Shout out to Jonathan for putting us in touch. Um, yes, Jonathan. Yes, Jonathan Charco. He so I was on his podcast. He was on my podcast, you guys, and mm-hmm. then he connected me and Missy. Yeah, and also too, just walk me through right from the, the beginning. You talk about being diagnosed with bipolar mm-hmm. one disorder at 16 years old. And I know for me, yeah. just thinking about that time, because I know I was diagnosed at 19 with bipolar it's one. Early so I, for us, yeah. Yes. And also for you early. going through that experience with the tornado and having that happen yeah. and then losing those people that were close to you and just talking about that as well. So if there's a place that you'd like to start before, but sure. yeah, take us off on, on how that journey has unfolded. Okay. So, um, and I'm, I might get a little like weird, like teary out a little bit. If I do start talking about it, I'm totally fine. It's just, it's, it's a lot. So I think maybe if anybody, a trigger warning, if anyone does have some PTSD, um, you know, might not be for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, it gets better. So, um, let's see. I was, when I was 15, 16, honestly, there's a lot of times in my adolescence that I, I don't remember. I don't know if that happens with you with trauma or just, um, I've learned in therapy, it's called blackouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't really remember the exact age, but I remember the time frame. Uh, when I was 15, my, like you said, my high school was hit by an EF4 tornado, which is the strongest tornado. And uh, we were in high school when it happened. So we were in the school. Um, and yeah, it hit our high school while we were there and uh, it killed eight of our classmates. Um, it was something that when you, after it happens, you're just like, I read about this. I can't believe this is my life. You know what I mean? I thought it was a nightmare. Um, I saw a lot of things that people shouldn't see when you were ever, but like, especially as a young person, um, you know, just dead people, I guess, you know, it's just, so, and I remember I actually wrote in my journal that morning, I was in the library and I was writing something like, oh, I have a test, this sucks, you know, (laughs) 
And um, hours later, the tornado hit. And I'll tell you what, the next entry in my journal, I could walk 10 years, if that, you know, maybe more. Um, and I really looked at life so differently. I was thankful for life, but I was also, I had survivor's guilt. Um, and I just thought, like, it was just a lot. To, to put it very short. Um, I did know, you know, everyone that did pass away. Um, we spent our um, spring break going to funerals. Um, and then we went to high school and trailers for the remainder of our high school career because we did not have a school um, to go in. Uh, people that I went to high school with that I don't even talk to anymore um, if you see them, which is rare because I live so far away, but every, every year, every March 1st, we'll just connect and we have this like insane bond that I couldn't even begin to describe just being in that with somebody. So shortly after that, my mom put me in therapy, uh, rightfully so, <laughs> you know, and, uh, my sister was in it as well and my cousin and, um, I went into therapy and um yeah i just i after that i just i was very angry i remember the very first um sort of characteristics of bipolar was i was very angry all the time um i had a short fuse i was a bad kid my poor parents um and i just that's a good way good short version to put it without getting into detail I just was not happy at all and um I constantly like blamed other people for things um I had no idea why my life was spiraling out of control I just I had so many emotions at once and I remember I think that honestly I want to say I was diagnosed maybe like a year afterwards um and it that was like honestly it it was just like hey we have bipolar and it was like it wasn't explained to me at all I had no idea what what it was I was like okay what does that mean you know mm -hmm. um so I mean I had no idea what mania was I know like I didn't know anything about this it, I just they just gave me a name for it and pretty much I felt like a guinea pig and I was on I don't know how many different types of medications which I'm sure you can relate to um so yeah, for years of my life, uh, I didn't know who I was, I feel like, um, until I really went through this mental break last year, I feel like I finally know who I am and I can see myself and it makes so many things that have happened in my life make sense, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really have a, I didn't really know what to feel when I was told that because it wasn't really explained to me. So I was just like, all right. Um, right. The thing with that too, especially with the going through that and talking about, you know, my mom put me in therapy and seeing that last journal entry, you talk about, oh, I have a test coming up, you know, typical things that you would think of when you're in school, yeah. right? Oh, I'm worried about yeah. this, or these are my concerns, but then literally going through such a life altering event like yeah. that, and like you even said it yourself, we read about these things, we see it online or yeah. on the news, but you can't actually even imagine what that's like yourself to actually be that person in that school when that's happening. 
And then yeah. the aftermath of that. Right. And I, and I, something I really do pull from what you're saying that I really think is awesome. As you talk about how you guys still get together, you said every March 1st mm-hmm. and, and have that bond. And like you said, especially with your diagnosis right after not being explained, just being told, here's what it is. Take these meds. This is kind of what it is, mm-hmm. but not really having any kind of clarity. I feel like yeah. I really relate to that, especially with my history is I wasn't really, it was just a packet, take this, don't say yeah. no kind of thing. So I said, I didn't get a packet. Right. <laughs> right. No, you're good. I remember yeah. that was really my knowledge of it, but going from that point, right. So you talk about, and just to give some background to you, how old are you now today? I'm 32. 32. Cause you talked so about a while back. Yeah. And was on, by the way, if anybody is watching this, um, CNN, uh, was there weather channel actually did a documentary on it um wow yeah George Bush walked through school the same day and everything so you can find it (laughs) and look it up it's Enterprise Alabama so oh wow and see I remember you mentioning mentioning that as well especially with when you said this year right I think you said last year going through the mental break you talk about getting more clarity that you just didn't have previously Mm -hmm. so what was different for you about last year that you feel like you didn't have, or you really were missing all these years mm-hmm. when it comes to living with bipolar? Mm-hmm. So I think for free, I mean, I also always use it as almost like a, like an uh, excuse sometimes. Um, like, well, I have bipolar. So, you know, or it was, I am bipolar. I did not realize for a while that I should refer to myself as I have because you're not your illness. During my uh, mental break leading up to it, I started noticing I had psychosis for the first time. And I thought I was nuts. I had no idea. Like, I just remember it all just kind of like for almost seven months, I guess that I was in a manic state and everything was so new to me and everything was getting so high end. And I was like, I was spiraling. Like Mm -hmm. I, my thoughts have always been all over the place, but I mean, I couldn't, I was seeing things, I was hearing things. I was feeling people touch me, you know, all of that stuff. And uh, I had no idea what was going on. And um, until I decided, I woke up one day and I um, I was actually doing really well. I had uh, my, my apartment that I loved sold. There's so many places down here because a lot of people are moving to Florida and buying up. And my landlord showed up and it was my first place that I got to myself it was beautiful it was so me like all my plants and my like weird lights and stuff <laughs> and my yeah like my funky weird lights um baidu lights and my landlord knocked on the door and he was like hey you know um uh here's your notice you we sold the property you gotta be out in 30 days wow. and i was just like I don't have any money. I don't know about you, but I have been absolutely terrible about saving money my entire life, impulse buying and all that. So I just immediately panicked. I was like, what am I going to do? I had to find somewhere to live, you know, fast. Um, And I ended up, this is the part I'm not sure if I'll have to cut out or not, but Mm -hmm. I ended up moving in with a a girl, an old friend who we reconnected. um, Let's see unnamed but we reconnected through at a friend's memorial um after he passed he was uh he lost his life to suicide um and we met back up at his memorial and we were like nick brought us back together 
for sure. So I moved in with her. Um, everything is going great. And uh, we both had our issues, I guess. But I had uh, gotten home one day and all my things were moved into the middle of the living room, my family heirlooms, a bunch of stuff. And uh, this is how I know I've grown to since then. But I was like, all right, you know, I'll get my stuff. I'll, I'll move out. And I think what really set me into this spiral is um, this person that I thought was my friend told me that I should take my life. Mm. Yeah. And um, which is pretty intense to hear, especially that we shared that friend. And the following day was our friend's birthday. And um, she said, you know, if Blank was here, he'd want you to do it too. And uh, I just, I ran upstairs, called my therapist. Um, I was already uncomfortable enough as it is because I need my space. Like I really love having my own special place. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I uh, was just like, I'm not leaving. All my my cats are here and stuff. And uh, long story short, all of my belongings, any, anything that I ever cared about was broken. My plans, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I called my parents. And this is probably the second time. I called my parents a few times when I was living in that spot. Um, I would call them. I was a beat, like, I just wasn't taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And they've been telling me for a few times, like, hey, we want to, you, you know, if you need help, please come home, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm an adult, I don't need help, and I made that call, and I was crying, and I was just like, pop, like, I, I can't take care of myself, and my mom and my dad were there the very next day, they live in Alabama now, and they drove down, I stayed in an Airbnb, um, and they packed my life away, I don't know, what happened but I mean I was out of it I couldn't see straight my skin was terrible I remember that's the one thing was looking in the mirror and just being like I look sick you know and uh I couldn't remember anything um I just I never want to be in that place ever again and Mm -hmm. I think that all these things happening to me and me recognizing these different things in myself and visually seeing them and then seeing how it was affecting my parents I was just like I have I gotta get better and Mm -hmm. really I I hate that it happened but it was the best thing that could ever happen to me because I needed to leave I needed to shut the world off and I needed to find um you know I needed to be okay in my own skin and where that comes into play with comfortable silence is, uh, am I going too fast? I feel like I'm no, I, I think have a tendency to like go oh, I like it. it. Yeah, no, okay. I like that just the way you just broke down the situation you went through with Nick, right? You lost from suicide yeah. and then saying he brought us back and now we're able yeah. to do this where I wasn't able to stay in mm-hmm. my place because the landlord just it was sold and I had to be out in 30 days. So now this is what I'm doing. And then you went through that where this person was being a huge risk for you, for your own mental health and saying, oh, this person would actually want you to do this and putting these thoughts, putting this out in there into the reality for you to hear and hold on to. And I think something that I take away from that is having been told that myself from other people in the past, I know just 
looking back and especially when you're so young and already in such a vulnerable position, you know, how we're not able to handle that. And like you really laid out just, I wasn't with it. I was in this Mm -hmm. episode of psychosis. I had, you know, gone through that period of seven months in you know, living, being manic. And just, you talk about how you look and how you feel. And then having what I think is is amazing is your parents who are even offering that and saying, Hey, this call. And then really being able to say that they came through. And even though it was hard to say, I didn't feel like I wanted to leave, but then I love how you reference. I needed to be able to leave, to, to Mm -hmm. get, to grow into my skin and to really get, and that kind of relates in a way to what you talk about with comfortable silence, because I feel like a part of that is when we think about silence, sometimes for me, when I first hear comfortable silence, I think when you're around certain people, sometimes you feel like you need to fill up the the gaps and you need to talk mm-hmm. and you need to do something. So you're not uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I think you going through it's that. Fiction. Yes, it's exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of this started with your writings and your journaling and things that you created and you put out there. So can you talk about that? So what happened after that? Right. So now you're, now you're going back and there and your parents were taking you back to where did you end up going from that point? And then when mm-hmm. did you get the thoughts to yeah. create comfortable silence? Yeah. So um, let's see. And mind you, I actually, I started, um, right before I had to move, I, my parents could already, they already had like a little inkling that I wasn't doing good. And, uh, um, I don't know about you, but whenever I get super, I'm, I'm in control right now, but sometimes when a lot happens at once and I get really, really, really manic, I cannot do things myself. Like I need my mom to help me Mm-hmm. walk me through like this. I know I needed to find a therapist, but it's God awful trying to find one. So I was like, yeah. my insurance. if you can help me, I was in the middle of finding a therapist. And, uh, I started therapy when I moved in with her who, um, I love her to death. She, that woman saved my life too. And mm-hmm. we have jokes a little bit where she'd be like, Oh God, Missy, you remember you remember when I started talking to you, you were a shit show. <laughs> like, and we, I love her. We joke all the time. And, um, so yeah, I was, I was going through all that. And, um, when I decided to leave, that was one thing too, that I think falls into the stigma <clears throat> is not a lot of people really knew why I left, you know, I just say, which number one, do not ever care about what people think. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, a lot of it was, well, it's probably missing bipolar. She probably started some fight or da, 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 da. And I was just like, that's one thing that you don't ever want somebody to think. But I left and uh, I, I, I went to school for fashion, apparel merchandising. I studied abroad um, for in Italy. And I worked previously as a buyer. Um, and I've always, always, always wanted to start my own brand. It's been like a dream of mine. And, uh, I've always, <clears throat> I've been like planning it here and there. I've had a few ideas for some reason. Like it felt like I was like, it was not me whatsoever. So it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And these journals that I kept, um, gosh, I can't, even, for, I don't know what it was, but when I heard comfortable sounds first, but it, it was my alias, like in all my writings, my Reddit, surprise, it's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything and for me to be so young and for that to resonate with me so much you know um 
I like wherever I moved, anywhere I moved, like wherever I would go, I had to know where my journals were. I didn't care if I lost anything else besides my cats. Like I needed my journals. And they were they were literally like a secret to me, you know, because I would I would just I would just write out how I felt and I was worried about I thought I was crazy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I just I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And nobody I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Um and I just remember being home and I wrote in my journal, I wrote, uh I hate that I feel like an animal in a cage. You know, because I felt like I was constantly being stared at. I say that a lot in my writings, mm-hmm. but um, I remember sitting there, and uh, my parents live on a ton of land in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, which is actually a beautiful place to go to get better. Um, and I was just sitting, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, like comfortable silence. Like, this is it. I have all these writings. I have all of these. You know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, for some reason, I was like, this is why I needed to go through this. I needed to, I saved all of these from when I was 14 and up for a reason. Like this is all coming together and I'm going to do it. And I started planning it heavy, whenever I was back home. Um, I think at first I was a little concerned about my parents reading some things and stuff. My sister, I know they can get uncomfortable a little bit because it's hard to read you know, like my poor baby is going through that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I just thought the time is now, like I always told myself I wasn't going to have enough money like this and that. And it's like, you're never going to have enough money for whatever, you know, if you don't do it now, like when are you going to do it? And, um, yeah. and that's, yeah. So that's well. where it started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. Yeah, and um, man, what a, and, and still whenever I moved back, I remember I got, thank goodness for my parents and my family, because I was not a nice kid. Uh, <laughs> after it happened, I was just like, my dad's always like, you're so mean to your mother, or rude, and I'm just like, I don't see it, but now I do. Right. Um, but yeah. I remember my sister flew back, flew to Florida to drive up with me back to Alabama when I moved home just so I could have someone you know Mm -hmm. and um and uh I remember when I I just remember that they cared about me so much you know yeah and like whenever now when I move back like it's so cool to like hear my sister be like I'm so proud of you and like we'll go out um like I was with my boyfriend the other day and we went out to eat and I saw a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while and they're like you look amazing you look so healthy and I'm just like that's like such an awesome feeling you know because I really 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 feel like whenever I move back I just remember looking in the mirror and uh learning to practice gratitude a lot I'm very spiritual um Mm -hmm. and this all this all so here I don't know if you've seen this sticker by the way it's your life has purpose it's on my uh I love it yeah so butterflies are my thing and they're my grandmother um I'm covered in them like anytime I'm going through something I'll see one like and I'll be like a reminder from the universe and when I was home I have this app called I am that I I post a lot on the brand page have you heard of it yeah I it's 
I love it so much, you know, um, it really helped me with my negative thinking and stuff back then. And I had it on, I don't know, like tough times or something. And I was driving around in Alabama in the middle of nowhere, listening to my bear. Um, and I remember it popped up and it said, my life has purpose. And I just like pulled over and cried. And I was like, I needed to hear this. And that was right before I got home. And I was like, I'm doing this. And then a butterfly the next day, two yellow butterflies landed on my windshield as I was parked. And I was like, it's a sign. Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. And I I have a, I know. And that's why I I wrote this. And so my friend that's a graphic designer put it together. It's from my journal. Um, so I could print it, but, uh, I remember seeing that and that's why I say your life has purpose all the time because I needed to hear that. I did. See that help. That's so helpful for me to hear because especially when you talk about your sister, right. And saying mm-hmm. her saying how proud of you she is and seeing you get teary eyed like that reminds me of the connection I have with my sister who similar, mm-hmm. similar to you was like, you know, proud of the work you're doing and, you know, sharing your experiences mm-hmm. because literally what you're talking about with the journals and that message of my life has purpose. And then the connections with the butterflies, I feel like that really resonates for me because really? especially, yes, with the, especially with the negative thinking, cause I feel like I've been definitely very overpowered by that for a very long time. So when I can see those, whether it's an affirmation, a statement Mm -hmm. or some message or word that comes up and just being able to put those around and have that as a reminder, I feel like helps so much because no matter, I feel like for me, no matter what moment I am in my life or what I'm going through, those things really do stay with me. So I know just, just hearing you get into that and just seeing like the level of dedication that you have to putting this together, because you talk about all those things we're faced with, right? Like those doubts of, you know, is anyone going to care? Do I have enough money? Is this really going to make a difference? Like all these things we tell ourselves and we get those things inside of our mind that can just eat away at it. But, but seeing you do this, I remember when Jonathan was telling me about you and just how we got connected and just hearing from your story and how we've had our conversation <laughs> back and forth and just seeing that because I feel like this is a message that I wish that I had when I was younger. Has mm. there been something that came to you that you didn't think would happen as a result of starting comfortable silence? Oh man. Um, so real quick to piggyback off of your affirmations. I know you said you have in a lot of places. I like strongly recommend that I put sticky notes everywhere. Like with like, um, I struggled with body dysmorphia for a little bit and I put in my mirror in my bathroom. I look exactly the way I'm supposed to. And, um, you know, uh, right before I moved, I have, um, whatever I'm not changing, I'm choosing all over the place. And just sometimes those little tiny reminders, you're like, that helps you a lot too, you know? So, um, Let's see. I'm writing these I, down, you guys, because I, as you know, if you've seen, like, oh, I, I'm always it. taking notes and I'm always yeah. writing that down because that literally resonates too. Because I know I've had struggles with body image and especially like later this year, just being very hard on myself for different mm-hmm. changes that I've gone through. And now finally being in a place where I can confidently say I do love the way that I look when I didn't for a very long time. So that, that message and just hearing you share that because when we think about where you are right now today, it's, it's really cool to be able to reflect back and say, I did not think that comfortable silence would have done this, 
right? Yeah. So yeah. what is it that it's done, you know, for you or someone else that you did, you really didn't think it, it could? Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. <laughs> um, it's been, it's been a learning experience for me as well, because I also have to, I have a mental health awareness plan, right? And I have to stay mentally stable for all these people. and tell everyone it's a cl- clothing brand and also ex- and I just mm-hmm. accessories and I see you too at, yeah. at the farmers markets and that like I see mm-hmm. that I'm just like oh yeah it's um so we're primarily clothing I am going to expand into I really want to do nice journals and and pens and you know writing um you know writing supplies uh, we do have some handmade jewelry, the bracelets my mom makes, which is adorable. Uh, she, I know she's amazing. <laughs> she's so cute. She'd be like, Hey, I just made 20 bracelets. Should I priority mail them to you? And I'm like, Oh my God. Mom. <laughs> so so cute. yeah, I think I have one on right now. It's been on here for a while, but it's like a little, um, happy face. Oh, I yeah. Love that. And I love how your I mom's involved. I just love that mm-hmm. aspect yeah. of it. I have been trying and, and this is something I'm going to work on going into the new year is, you know, we are, we are bipolar focused, right? But I, um, especially now doing the markets more, I'm going to obviously, I want to just be a mental health awareness brand and safe space for everyone. And, you know, always falling back on touching on the bipolar and this is my story and stuff like that is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to deter anyone away because everyone's story matters. You know, it doesn't. So doing these markets, which I never wanted to do a market because I I thought, oh my gosh, I can make all my sales online. That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) But doing the markets, it's all about local awareness, right? And um, what's funny is whenever I do them, I kid you not, at least like five or six people that are drawn to the, my booth are either counselors, therapists, or doctors. And you know, when they come in, I give them my little spiel and I need to make a whole lot shorter, but, um, you know, I'll tell them, you know, comfortable sounds is my alias. Most of these designs are from my journals growing up as a kid. I have crisis hotlines on my website. Um, you know, you're not alone. Uh, it's very short and simple, but I have at least two, three people in the market, hug me, cry, say, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, show me, tell me their story. A lot of them are parents too, mm-hmm. um, who say, you know, my daughter or this or that, and um, I'm going to get this for my daughter. And I, you know, I would ask, you know, I'm definitely not a doctor, but you know, how old is she? This and that. And sounds, you know, it's just that to me, like, and anytime mm-hmm. anybody walks away, I was like, can I give you a hug? And they're like, yes. Oh. And it is uh, I mean, I can make zero dollars and I always tell people like helping people is number one and money is number two. And my boyfriend started helping me out a lot. And in the first market, he was like, this is so fulfilling. And like, oh. It is, you know, and, and that's when I realized I do need to be way more vulnerable and way more um, like me present in the brand. Cause I was, I'm still trying to figure out my brand voice and what I want to do. And, and it's hard when you first start out. Right. But I find that the more I tell my story and the more vulnerable I am with people, they, they love that. It's more than just saying, Hey, your life matters, which obviously it does. Oh my God. Like a, a post. But if you talk to somebody and you hear their story and stuff, 
that's why I think it's important for everyone to understand that, you know, your story does matter. The biggest thing I take away from this is you showing up, you just showing up, right? Whether it's going to those markets and then you talk about those people who are drawn to it and just the commonalities that you're seeing, but really being able to give that value and to whether it's a parent or an individual or someone in some way has a connection to bipolar, the brand, and then also the support from your boyfriend, from your mom, from your sister, from these people who are showing up for you while you're going out there and continuing to show up for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I'm so excited about for this, because it just helps me see so many of the ways that you've already mentioned just throughout our conversation of these bits and pieces in your story, even though going through, here's all of the past pain and hurts and a lot of the stuff that I've dealt with and that will still resurface, but I'm starting to see these different little things that can help when it comes down to awareness and helping yourself, helping others. So if you could share with me, maybe the top way, right. And if it's related to comfortable silence, or maybe it's, it's not, and it's just something inside yourself, but if you could share with me the top thing that comes to your mind when you think about where you're at in your journey today in what it looks like for you to live well bipolar. What does that look like? So, so I guess it it would be journaling. Yeah. Right. You know, um, for you're talking about for me to stay, you know, for me to level out and yeah, I journaling for sure. Writing, um, when I was like starting from 14 up, my dad got me really into writing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I swear my dad is, he can like read minds because I would always <laughs> get a book in the mail. Um, he would never tell me he's sending me a book, but I'd always get a book in the mail and it would relate exactly to what I was going through in my life. And I was like, whoa. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it helps me a lot. If I, if I find myself, like I haven't journaled in like a few days, I'm like super out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to write even when you don't want to, because a lot of like my old journals that I have, I'll go back and, um, I'll like recognize like patterns in my behavior, Mm -hmm. um, or I'll see something that I went through and I'm like, wow, I've overcome that. Or, you know, it's wow. A, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's very good. It's super important. I mean, there's a common recurring thing that I write in all my journals, which is very sad to know that I started writing it so young, but, um, I referred to it as the darkness, like whenever I'm at that place and I was at that place for so long. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> there is an affirmation that I kept in my, uh, bathroom every single day. And it says, I think even the darkest of times for I must feel the difference to recognize the light. Wow. And, um, I love it. Yeah. Oh you know, I love it so much. I feel it's like so just... good. it's so good. Cause it is for us, obviously for everyone, but I mean, when we do have these different episodes, um, it is darkness. I mean, it, it's, yeah. and then to pull yourself out, there is light. And that's what I, I want everybody to know. I love that quote. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, uh, post it, stick it all over. Like you'd be amazed at how much just seeing that is like, wow. Well, I think the thing too, is how you tie it in with being able to celebrate things that you've gone through in the past of giving ourselves Mm -hmm. those reminders to see those patterns, see those behaviors Mm and writing on the days, even when 
you don't want to, because I know that that's helped me tremendously. And I love just hearing everything that you have on the horizon for comfortable silence, come into more of journaling pens, mm-hmm. like putting that into part of the set too. So mm-hmm. I also want to share, cause I know we're coming up on the end here for you guys, but I have something for you guys that Missy was so kind to offer. So I'm going to put it in the show notes for you. And I will, I'll also make a post about it as well. Once our episode goes live, um, it'll be, we're recording this actually in 2023. This one will be out in 2024 sometime in January. So that'll be out there, but I'm going to include it in the bottom for you guys, but it is a discount code for comfortable silence. So if you have use the link and go on there, then that will be available for you guys. And I really, really encourage you if you aren't already, please go connect with Missy and her brand, her Instagram page. I will put in the link in the show notes for you guys. So you can go follow her. She posts amazing content, messages, encouragement, and also really just everything that she's doing to really help show more awareness into what it looks like to live with bipolar disorder, those ugly parts that we sometimes want to hide and not talk about and not share. She's really been able to really exemplify that through her brand and also putting her story out there and being incredibly vulnerable and really showing that. So I will have that attached in the show notes for you guys to please go connect with her there. And then also um, Missy as well. I want to just pass it on back. If you have any last messages. And just again, thank you so much for coming out here and sharing your story. I've just, I've been so impressed with you and just admire everything you're doing so much ever since we, we got connected. So I just, any last words on your end too, but, but yeah. Um, I honestly just want to say thank you, obviously to you, to Jonathan, to everybody. I've met so many people through the brand. Um, Russ, I, I, I don't know if you yes, know he's amazing. Yes. Shout out Russ, I love you. Oh, yes. He's, he's amazing. He is such a great person. I can't say enough about him, but um, say hi to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always, whenever somebody comes to see me at a market and they're like, okay, we're leaving, I always say, just remember that your life has purpose and I believe in you. So, I love it. The messages the reminders, everything. It's yeah. so good. And I can't wait to and, share this one. Oh, and I but- definitely want to link with you after this and talk more about all your awesome stuff and books and stuff. Yes, of course. Uh, There's going to be so many more conversations and just things to come in the future. So again, you guys, thank you so much for being here and tuning in and wanting to listen to these conversations to really understand how you can live well bipolar or support someone else who does. And I hope you took as much value today out of Missy's story as I've had creating it for you guys. So I will have all that linked in the show notes for you guys to connect. And again, thank you for showing up and continuing to be present and do the work. It means the world to me. And on that note, I'm going to end it and say bye to you guys and bye to Missy. So bye guys. Bye Missy. Bye. Bye.